Here we go. At our church, Jesus is Lord. That single belief calls us together as a community and sends us into our world with hope and purpose. At our church, your past will never define your future. There's always redemption, which means there's always a brighter day. At our church, we don't think we're better than any other church out there. We're just doing our best to become our best. At our church, we want you to believe in God, but we also want you to know that God believes in you. We are not against people who don't attend church anywhere. Instead, we pursue them with love, the very same love that's pursuing us. At our church, we're learning to serve God with all our hearts, and we're learning to worship Him with all our lives. And if you're looking for the perfect church, we're not it. At our church, we will make mistakes, but we will choose to grow from them. At our church, we're part of a global community that's knit together by the resurrection of Jesus. And by the way, at our church, we believe that really happened too. At our church, we will engage with people who are in real need because we are the hands and the feet of Christ. And finally, we need you to hear this loud and clear. At our church, it's not really our church at all. It's His. And we live and move and breathe in His church for His glory and His fame, not ours. So here's the invitation. You're invited to jump in with your whole heart at your own pace and to experience the life that awaits you in Christ. Friends, this is going to be good. Welcome to our church. Good morning, Bowie City Church, First Christian Church of Brock Hall. We are excited to be back with you again this Sunday morning. Hope that you are all well and uh, just ready for uh, worship this morning. A couple of things you need to get. I kind of brought everything that you might need. First of all, you need some coffee. Okay, Even if you don't drink coffee, you need some coffee. I have my coffee here, and this is the only time you're going to see it. Um, I'll take a drink of it before we start the message earlier, or later on. Um, you need to get your, your phone. So grab your cell phone. Uh, we are coming to you live on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. And what we need you to do is to, to share those feeds out to all of your friends. This is the easiest way to invite people to come to church. It's just to put it out there that, hey, want to come to church? It's on right now. All you got to do is click on this button and church will appear on their device. So take a moment right now. Just share that we are meeting together and that we're gathering together right now uh, to worship God, to, to uh, hear what he has to say. And to be excited about his word. So get your phone out. The other thing that you might need, okay, is that down there is your Bible. Go ahead and get a Bible, like a real paper Bible. All right, go and get one of these. So we turn to the scriptures. Because sometimes when you're fumbling through your phone, you're trying to watch the, the message. You're trying to respond to people. Go get your Bible. And mark in it. Have it in there that this is what we're talking about. This is what God said to me today. This is that passage. Get used to, to opening this book um, so that whenever we, we get a chance to come together uh, here on Sunday mornings, uh, which we are hoping will happen soon. We're not sure yet, but we're, we're still praying and believing that God is just going to um, continue to touch this land, to heal this land, and allow us to, to worship together. But get used to having your Bible to refer to. Um, couple of things this morning as, as we come to worship. You join us actually in the, the last week of our series on Where's the Love. And so we're going to be talking about where's the love in the church. And then a little bit at the very end about where's the love for the world. And so as we 
uh, come back after worship, that's what we're going to be diving into this morning. Um, just to, to see what does God say about how we should love one another uh, in the church. Before that, though, we're going to spend some time in worship. I just want to thank Joe and Julie for uh, preparing a worship song for us. Um, and so I want to pray for us, uh, ask God to come and to touch us wherever we are, whether you're here with us uh, in the, the church building, just helping to run the technology and to broadcast this, or whether you're out there at home, in your living room, in your, your bedroom, wherever you're watching this message from, that God will come and be real with us this morning, that he'll come and he'll touch and change our hearts. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this morning, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity to come together. And God, even though we're, we're separated physically, God, together, collectively, we come as your church to worship you. God, we are here this morning to give ourselves from you. God, we want to open up our hearts this morning and allow you to come and to touch us. Allow you to come and to impact our lives. Father, I pray for, for any God this morning who are, are sick, God, any who are, are just struggling to, to get over disease or some sort of injury, Father. God, I pray that you would come and bring healing. Healing, God, to our bodies, Lord. Father, where there's pain, Lord, that you would just take it away. That you would come, God, that, that right now, supernaturally, God, in, in all of our homes, in all of our locations, Lord, that you would be present with us, that you would touch our bodies, God, that we would know that you are here. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. Let's worship this morning.
In my experience, looking like a Christian turns out to be a pretty easy thing to accomplish. It takes a while to get the hang of, but after a while, it's honestly just like second nature. There's a, a, a litany of sorts, a, a way to talk, a way to dress, a, uh, which books to read, which issues to care about. I mean, there are even quite a few varieties to choose from. The fundamentalist, the emerger, the socially conscientious, each one with their own hairstyle and pop theologians and Bible translations. I mean, you're really free to express yourself and still look Christian. But the problem is, and don't get me wrong, all these outward things, there's nothing inherently wrong with them. I mean, feel free to support your local discount Christian bookstore. But the problem is that all these things can so exteriorize our faith that we forget what's happening inside us. Our faith becomes so carefully groomed and stylized that we let those outward things, the politics and the, the book of the week and the newest cause or the latest greatest worship album we let them numb us from ourselves and one day we're sitting there thinking you know I'm, I'm getting pretty good at this Christian thing and we've, we've totally forgotten this mess of a heart that's inside us and all I'm saying is nothing that you do for your image is ever going to change your heart in your heart that's that's all God really cares about I mean yeah it's, it's frightening down there but you know don't ignore it it's dangerous to ignore it. I mean, your heart? That's your eternity. Good morning again. Uh, apologies for the, the little sound glitch there. Um, we, we had a, what we thought was going to be a technical issue, and we unplugged something, plugged it back in again, and that changed the setting, and we didn't notice it. But thank you for letting us know. That's the whole point of being able to uh, type into that chat box, whether you're on YouTube or on Facebook, um, is just to, to let us know, to communicate with us, to be able to engage. It's one of the differences in doing church this way. Now, as much as we would love just to be able to have you all there, and you know, you'll be able to hear us because we're speaking, uh, but we can't get messages from you. You know, we, we get the, the eye rolls and all that, the nonverbal cues whenever we're, we're speaking to a, a group. But right now we get to, to see what questions you have. We get to see what, what things that, that you're thinking, what God is saying to you. So please engage with us in the chat. All right? Just take the time and just type it in there. Say, this is what, I'm, this, what about that? Or I, yeah, I agree with that. Or are you sure? And, you know, uh, as I'm speaking this morning, Pastor Dion is, is running the computer, so he's going to be uh, typing on some chat here and there. And, uh, and that's how we, we want to do. We want to be able to communicate with each other, to engage with each other, and to leverage this form of media. If we have to meet like this in this remote fashion, then let's leverage it for everything that it's worth and be able to really connect and touch with each other this, uh, this morning. So as I said at the, at the start, you are in the final week of this series um, that we have entitled, Where's the Love? And if you've missed anything, you can catch up on our YouTube uh, channel. Uh, go look at, uh, for Bowie City Church on YouTube. We're the only one, and all of our, our sermons will come up there. 
And you can kind of track back through the month of February to see what we've been talking about. But really, when I thought about this series and I, I looked at it, and it's kind of like this, this first image that's going to pop up. Talking about love is like throwing a pebble in a pond. And if you've ever done that, just not skimmed it across, but actually thrown it up so it lands in the pond. What happens and what develops are these concentric circles and these ripples that move outwards. And as we've talked about love, we started in the beginning talking about how God loves us and understanding how God loves us. And that's the strongest of these ripples because that ripple is then going to force everything else. Without that first ripple caused by that stone hitting the surface, we actually get no more ripples on the pond. So without knowing that God loves us and God loved us first and how strong and how much God loves us, then we're not going to be able to see any more ripples. And then we kind of broadened it out a little bit and we talked about uh, our relationships, particularly marriage. And so between husband and wife and, and that next ripple and how that builds and God has designed and put us into families and the love that's within a family. And that ripple then gets bigger and bigger and it impacts more and more of the surface. And now this morning we're going to talk about how, where's the love in the church? And not how God loves the church, but how God's love in us shown to each other then increases those ripples. And lastly, the last little part I want to talk about today is, is that, that outer edge, that last ripple that there is, which, if you remember, it started from the first one. When that stone was initially thrown in, that outer ripple that you see is actually started because of the first one. And that outer ripple is how the church loves the world. What God says about us and how he wants us to engage with the world. And so that's what we're going to go this morning. There's a lot, lot to kind of get through, a lot to kind of talk through. Um, some of this, I think, is going to be a little challenging. Some of this was challenging to me um, when I was kind of preparing it, when I was, was thinking through this and praying about it. I was like, oh, God, you know, I don't like doing that. And God said, well, that's probably why you need to teach on it and preach on it. And so part of this message this morning is me preaching to myself and not just me preaching to, to you. Part of this message is God challenging me and not just hopefully God challenging you. For some of you, this might be, oh, that's easy. I love doing that stuff. That's, that's, oh, it's my wheelhouse. For others, it might be a bit of a struggle. But let's dive in together. Let's work through this together and see what God has to say about loving each other in the church. Last week, um, Pastor Ione mentioned this one verse in, in 1 Corinthians uh, 16, uh, verse 14. And it says this, very simple, do everything in love. Do everything in love. Everything that we do must come from a position of love. And when we, when we can grasp hold of that, when we can think about that, then how do we do that in the church? How do we do everything that we do in church in love? How do we do everything that we do when we engage with the world? How do we do that in love? How do, we, how do we actually live that verse out? And I, I think that as we wrestle this to the ground and as we take time over these next number of weeks, however long it is before we can actually come together and be together as, as a body here in this building, 
We need to, to figure out how we're going to love one another when we get back. How are we going to interact with one another? How are we going to show love to each other when all that we've really done has been inside? We've been at home. We've had the excursions out to the stores and, and we've seen what's going on on social media and how do we show love? Because a lot of those places, there's not a lot of love being shown. But here in the church, when we come together as followers of Jesus Christ, God tells us to love one another. Jesus said in John 13, 34 and 35, he says this, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Well, let's stop right there. I read that, I don't know how many times I've read that. I think I've preached sermons on this verse. Uh, if we were to go back through our back catalog here at Bowie City Church, we'd probably find that we've brought this verse up a number of times. And as I was kind of going through this again yesterday and allowing this message just to kind of percolate a little bit more, I just realized that Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you. Jesus commands us to love one another, and that's a new commandment. And I, I thought about that, and I thought, you know, I wonder if, if that's a new commandment, because God, like, assumed that that would be an obvious thing. I wonder if God was like, well, I don't, I mean, all the other commandments, like, we go back into the Old Testament, look at the Ten Commandments, and, and you know, things that are in there, very, you know, action-orientated, and do not steal, do not murder, all of that stuff. I would have thought that God would have thought love was an obvious thing. Because God is love. And so we're made in his image and in his likeness, and therefore we should be like him and do what he does. And if he is love, then we should be loving. But Jesus has to come here and say, a new command I give to you, love one another. And then he qualifies it. And this is one of the hardest things in this verse. He says, even as I have loved you. Well, that just raises the standard a little bit, doesn't it? It's not just enough for Jesus to say, I want you guys to love one another. Okay, we'll do that. No, no, no. I want you to love one another as I have loved you. Well, what? So did, did he, what? Did he just say, hang on here. Because they walked with Jesus. They saw how he, how he engaged with people. They saw how he loved people. And what he was willing to do to show love. And now Jesus is saying, so just as, the same way that you've seen me do it, I want you to do it to each other. <laughs> I think they're looking around each other. Have you seen these people? Have you met these other disciples? Like, he stinks. And he used to stink of fish, now he just stinks. The fish smell would have been even better. But really, Jesus, how can I love? Jesus says, even as I have loved you, that you love one another. This next statement, I think, is, a challenge to the church that we need to take serious. We need to take this verse 35 and say, you know what? Yeah, God, I want to do that. See, verse 35 in John 13 says this, By this all men will know that you are my disciples. And in case the disciples who he was speaking to didn't understand, he says, if you have love for one another. So Jesus says, I'm giving you a new command. Here's the, here's the, I want you to do this. Love one another. Even as I have loved you, that's what I want you to do. Why? Because all men will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. By the way that you treat each other, 
by the way that you interact with each other, by the way that you serve one another, everybody else is going to know that you are Jesus' disciple. Church, do your non-believing friends know that you're Jesus' disciple by how you love the church? Do your social media contacts and those who follow you, everything that you write, what you post, do they know that you are Jesus' disciple because you are showing love for other Christians? Or have we taken a step sideways and joined in with the world and started to use our platforms and our influence, started to use our social media outlets, started to use our fingers on keyboards to tear down part of the bride of Christ. Now, here's what just flashed through some of your minds. But I'm right and they're wrong. When I see what they have said, I'm right and they're wrong. It's not for you to judge. Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Allow God to judge. Allow God to defend his bride. Jesus calls us to love one another, church. And not just those of us who are in this church. Not just those of us who would call Bowie City Church their home or First Christian Church their home. It's not that we just have to love our, our own little groups and our own little pockets. Because collectively, we are the church. Right now, we are joining with millions of people worldwide who are taking this hour, this time on a Sunday morning, to spend time focusing on worshiping King Jesus. We are part collectively of that universal church. And there are some things that they will do that we won't like. I'm sure of it. There are some things that they will do that we might not even believe in. But you know what? We can love them because they love Christ. If you think about the group that Jesus was talking to, the disciples here, there were some of them that were doing crazy stuff. How they reacted, how they responded. Thomas, who doubted everything. Oh, I don't think we can do, oh, I don't think we can do that. To James and John, the sons of thunder, who their reaction to things was not just doubt, but it was, let's do it, let's go. Let's take care of what we need to take care of and, and forget about the people that we leave in our wake. Jesus pulls them all together and says, love one another. All these people are going to see you and they're going to know that you're, you're a follower of Jesus. Why? Because you love each other. If that's a distinguishing mark of being a fully devoted follower of Christ then church, let's be excellent at it. Let's be excellent at love. Let's devote ourselves to loving one another, just like Jesus loved us. So how do we do it? How do we practically do this? Well, I got a, a few suggestions that um, really, as I've been, been praying about this and thinking about it, just came to me and I was kind of noodling them through and... and uh, I want to share, just share what's on my heart. Now, some of these things, they're to me as well, okay? So this is not that I have this all nailed. There's part of this is like, oh, I don't really like doing that. But if that's what God is saying, then let's do it. So I, I got five gets that we got to do. And the first one is, church, we've got to get real. 
We've got to get real with ourselves. We've got to get real with each other. You know, and this is probably one that, that, that I kind of will, will struggle the most with because I'm not a, a very public person. Okay, I don't kind of put my life out there a lot. And a lot of things that I will kind of keep private. And I will talk with, with my wife, my family. I'll talk with, with Pastor Dion about. But I don't send everything out to everybody. And so, you know, this is, is kind of a thing for me when I kind of felt that Jesus said, we need to get real. We need to get real with each other. You see, we have this idea that when we come to church, we're part of church that we've got to put on our persona that says that we're really perfect or we're better than we are. And that's not the case. See, there are no perfect people. There was only one. And he's now seated at the right hand of the Father. But a church is made up of imperfect people. And you know what? There's going to be imperfections. But let's not try and hide them up. Oh, Let's not try and put makeup on that and cover it so people can't see. No. God wants us to be real. If you read how Jesus engaged and interacted with his disciples, he, he got hungry and he ate food. He cried and he wept. He lost friends. He had to handle disputes. He got angry. Remember that whole scene in the temple where Jesus makes the whip and he goes in and he turns tables up? I mean, how would we handle that as, as Christians today? We just kind of, oh, well, that's, we're not allowed to do that. We've got to hide that. We've got to hide that anger. We've got to hide that, that righteous frustration. Because what would people think? Jesus says, no. This is it. This is real. This is me. And church, I want to challenge us that we've got to get real with each other. We've got to, we've got to decide that we're going to take and we're going to trust one another. And why are we going to do that? Because collectively as a body, our heart is towards loving each other. Our heart is to know that I have faults and I have flaws. And so whenever you tell me and you come to me and say, hey, I'm struggling with this, I, I would probably say, I'm struggling with that too. And to be real about it, to be willing and honest to say that. I was riding in the car the other day and, and Casting Crowns have got a song that's on the radio. And it, the lyrics of the first verse say this, we want our coffee in the lobby. We watch our worship on a screen. We got a rock star preacher who won't wake us from our dreams. And that fourth line, I, I, I can imagine that the band sitting and, and reading and uh, writing these lyrics. Because that first one, we, we want our coffee in the lobby. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, churches, we, wanna, we, want, we want to come together. We want to have coffee. Not many churches have, like, coffee stations out in their, in their front lobby or their foyer. People come in. It's a kind of place to gather, to hang out. That's a good thing, isn't it? We watch our worship on a screen, and not just a TV screen, but in some of the big churches where, you know, you got to actually, you're sitting away in the back. You can't even see the person up on stage, so you watch the screen. And I'm sure a, a number of, of folks are like, yeah, that's, that's kind of us. That's really our church. We've got a rock star preacher. Yeah, we do as well. Not this one, but the one that was on last week and who's coming up next week. But then it says, who won't wake us from our dreams. So all of these things that we have that we have said as church, and, but as long as that preacher doesn't actually shake us from who we are into who God has called us to be, we're going to be okay with it. Well, church, 
Time to get, sh- to get shaken up. We want our blessings in our pocket, the verse goes on. We keep our missions overseas. But for the hurting in our cities, would we even cross the street? Now, I'm going to get to that part towards the end of today's message. But church, God is calling us to love one another. And when we love one another, we have to get real with each other. So we're not pretending, we're not trying to put on a show for each other. But we're really saying we are struggling with this. I am hurting in this area or I am killing it right now. I am knocking it out of the park. Because that encouragement comes and lifts up people who are struggling. We tend to hide those things. We tend to hide the extremes, and we only share what's in the middle. God says, love one another. That all men would know that you're my disciples because of the love you have for one another. That love that when somebody comes and says, hey, I messed up. Hey, we love you. We accept you. Let's work through it. That love that rejoices and celebrates whenever you succeed. That's who we want to be, church. We need to get real. We need to get real with one another. Matthew 7, 3 to 7 says this, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? Pay no attention to the plank in your own. Why do we point out things in other people and not say, Oh, look at me. Because we're trying to deflect. We're not allowing ourselves to be real with one another. How can you say to your brother in verse 4, Let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own? Verse 5, you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. When we are real with ourselves, when we are real with each other, healing comes. Here are two people walking around with planks in their eyes. And it's only whenever we are real that both are removed. If we are not willing to be real with each other, then those planks remain, and our sight is affected. Let's get real with one another, church. Let's acknowledge our weaknesses. Let's carry each other's burdens. Let's walk alongside one another. In Bowie City Church, we we have one of our pillars is, is to do life together, and that's what doing life together is all about. Not pretending, but being real. The second thing that came to mind was getting messy. And when you get real, you're going to get messy. Trust me, when you start engaging with people and interacting with people and the reality of the situation comes up and the truth is brought out into the light, it's really messy. But it's also really liberating. See, we get hung up sometimes on the mess. Oh, I don't want that secret to to be known. I don't want that to come out. I don't want people to understand that or to think that about me. And we keep hold of that mess. When When it comes out in the light, when it's exposed to the love of Jesus and healing begins to flow, then freedom takes place. And the bondage that has kept you from being who God has called you to be is broken. All because of love. All because of love for one another. 1 Peter 4 and 8, uh, 8 and 9 actually says this, Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Read that again. Above all, above all. So think of all, and now go above it. So think of everything, and now go above it. Because that's what Peter's talking about. Above everything else. Above being right. 
above winning the social media argument, above making sure that your point is known, above all. Love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Church, as we love one another, it's going to get messy. And for the past almost 12 months, the whole world has spent its time wearing one of these. But before the pandemic began, a large part of the world was wearing a different type of mask for a lot longer than a year. See how many of us were hiding things that are in our lives. We put on a mask to hide how we really felt, to hide the pain that was inside, to hide the hurt that we had experienced. Because we're coming to church, and when you go to church and people say, hey, how's it going? The, you know, the answer is fine. Because at the end of the day, nobody wants to hear, well, actually, it's really terrible right now. I just lost my job. I don't know where my next paycheck's coming from. I don't know how I'm going to feed my, my family. But church, when we love one another, like Christ loved the church, then that's what we are ready to hear. Hey, how's it going? We're not just expecting fine and to walk by one another. We're there to take time to focus on that person, to look in those, that person's eyes and to hear the truth of their situation. And if it is, it's great. It really is awesome. I'm loving my job. I'm just killing things at work. That's great. Let's celebrate together. But if the reality of the situation is with that individual that they are in pain, then church, we need to stop what we are doing and not walk by, but to engage, to come alongside. Like First Peter says here, to bear one another's burdens. See, we've got to carry one another. Because church, the reality is that our, our building, our congregation is full of hurting people. And for those of you who are hurting, this is the hardest thing, is to let someone know that you're hurting. And I get that. I really do get that. But your church wants to love you. Your church leadership wants to, to love you, wants to, and not just say, oh, we're going to pray for you, that's good. No, I, I mean really love you. How can we practically help? How can we practically change the situation and the circumstances of your life? How can we encourage you? But we need to know. And so church, as we ask, let's be willing to get messy. Let's be willing to get real. It's going to take some risks. But let's do it together. Where we really say, this is, this is where I'm at. See, the Bible says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord laid on him. And the him is Jesus. The iniquity of us all. See, we've all done things that we know we shouldn't have done. We've all done things that, that we might be ashamed of, but Jesus has carried that. I and mean, if you will re repent and give that up to him and lay it at the feet of the cross, he will carry it and your sins will be forgiven and remembered no more. You do not need to live under the burden of whatever is crushing you right now. 
our church body, our church community should be coming together to love one another, to lift one another up, to support one another, and to point each other to Jesus. That's what we're supposed to do. We need to get real. We need to know it's going to get messy. But even when it gets messy, then we really get real. And we bring Jesus into every situation. Now, church, for this to happen, we're going to need to get involved. We're going to need to get involved. So you can't sit on the sidelines of church. Church is not a spectator sport. Being a part of the body of Christ is not a spectator sport that you can kind of dip in and out of. I remember years ago, a long time ago, when, when uh, I used to, to work with Dion in youth ministry, and that was his passion, not mine. And, um, but I was there. And he would always do the games. Okay, we're going to play this game. And I would look around and see the kids that were, like, backing away and slinking off and going into a quiet corner because they didn't want to engage in the game. They didn't want to get involved. Church is, is, is not something that we can just slink away from. Because often why we slink away is because we've got something that's going on in our lives that we don't want anybody else to know about. But church, if we're going to get real and we're willing to get messy, then all of that can come out and then we can get healed. And with that healing, with the power of Christ living in us, we can then engage and get involved with the church. This is what love does. I was thinking about this. I remember back when, before I started dating my, my wife, uh, Julia, my beautiful bride, 25 years, and we've been married. And uh, she used to work in a, a video store. And so kids, a video store. Back in the day, okay, your parents used to go on Friday night with everybody else from the city to a tiny little store that had videotapes on the wall, and you hoped that you could find something you could watch for the weekend. All right? There was no Netflix. There was no streaming. All right? And that, ask your parents about it. Or if you find a Blockbuster card somewhere in the, the junk drawer shelf, that's what that was for. All right? But we used to go. She used to work in a video store. But she didn't work in the video side. She used to, to sell ice cream. Okay, we had our video store, then I worked in the video side, okay, and she worked in the ice cream, and it was right at the front, and it was a big glass window of the, the store, uh, the store window. Now, if you drove by on Friday nights, she used to work Friday nights, and if you drove by, you could see her. I could see her, and she was, oh, she's, she's working, she's working on, you know, and that's incredibly stalkerish. And nothing would have happened, there would have been no sort of 25 years of marriage, if I didn't get involved in actually going in and talking to her. If all that I did was on Friday nights drive up and down the street, looking through the window at this beautiful girl, that would not have been a relationship. I had to stop, park my car, get out, walk in, engage in conversation, talk with her, Get involved in what she was involved in for us to have a relationship. Church, I wonder how many of us treat our church life like that. 
where we drive by and we kind of look in the windows and we see the good things that are happening, but we never actually get out of the car and get involved. And trust me, I don't want, okay, I'm not talking about every night of the week you have to be in the church building doing a church activity. No. Please, no. But I think that there are ways that we can get involved right now. We have Bible studies that are going on Wednesday nights, Saturday mornings. We have prayer meetings that are going on Tuesdays, lunchtimes. You can get involved right now. We have Sunday morning church services. You can get involved right now. If you're sitting at home and you're watching the, the way we do video work and stuff and you have you know, uh, some skill or, or some background in video, please come help. Come let us know. Come, come say, hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Come and get involved. When we do get back to opening church up, there's going to be a whole lot of things we're going to have to figure out. We need help to do it. Get involved. But you don't know about my background. Well, we've already been real. We've already been messy. We've dealt with your background. We love you despite your background because Jesus died to set you free from your background. So let's get involved. Come on, church. Let's go. Let's get ready. Hebrews 25 or 1025 tells us uh, that we should not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Don't give up meeting together. Oh, I don't like church online. I I don't like church online either. But let's not stop meeting together. Let's not stop coming to church online just because we don't like it. Let's keep engaged. Let's talk to one another. Let's encourage one another. Let's challenge one another. So many things that we kind of come back and say, oh, you know, I, I just don't like this about it. I get it. Trust me, there are some things that we don't like about this either. But I'm happy that we can actually continue to meet together. This time last year, we had no idea what we were about to face. And this time last year, we, we had no clue how to do this. We didn't just come in knowing how to do all this stuff. We had to figure it out. The hell's laughing. We, we, had to, we had to figure this out. We, we used his phone for one service. But church, we've got to get involved. We need you to get involved. And, and we're, we're excited. And I kind of feel, I have a sense that as, as the country is, is moving towards a vaccination and as, as I think the local governments are going to start to look at the restrictions and coming into the summer and opening things up, we're going to have the chance to come together. We're going to have the chance to be in person. So church, let's get real, let's get messy, let's get involved. The fourth get is to get invested. And, and this is a, a little bit kind of like getting involved, but it, it's different. Because you can be involved and not invested. Because involvement is kind of your presence and your time, but investment, ooh, it's a little bit of commitment right there. Because that's, now we're talking about other things like your finances. Talking about other things like, you know, the, 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 the engagement, the time that you spend here. Matthew 6, 21 says this, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And what that means is that, you know, Diane and I were talking about this uh, on something else uh, earlier in the week. Right now when you talk to people, a lot of times uh, I get this answer, you know, hey, can, can you, I'm, I'm really busy. And everybody seems to be so busy. During a pandemic when we're not allowed to go most of the places we normally go to, we're still really busy. 
Because what we do is we fill our time. Very few of us are comfortable with a vacuum of time. And some of you are like, oh, I would love that. Well, then give yourselves it. You used to have it. Okay, remember March of 2020, whenever you weren't allowed to go anywhere or do anything? And then it was like you had all this time on your hands, and people were taking up all kinds of weird and wonderful hobbies and stuff. And then we gradually started to fill in that time with other things. See, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So where you, where you value, what you value is where your heart is. And if what you value is your career, then that's where your heart is. And where your heart is, that's where your time goes. See, Sunday mornings like this, well, I don't really like the online thing. I don't like, you know, YouTube. I don't like Facebook. I don't like how that's done. You know, and I, I, could, I could, like, work on Sunday mornings. I, I could take that time and I could just do some work and I could watch it later. No, because you never watch it later. When we love one another, we invest in each other. When we love the church, we invest in the church. When we identify that our treasure is somewhere else and we've taken and our heart is gone where our treasure is and our time investment is gone to be where our heart is, then we need to reset our treasure. So church, I'm asking you to think about what, what am I investing in? Like finances is one thing, but this is not about finance. It's not about giving. God has blessed us. God has continued to to uh, pour in the finances that we need to, to continue to do the ministry God's called us to do. But this is about a heart attitude. But I'm going to invest. I'm going to invest with these people, with this church. Why? Because I've been real with these people. And they loved me. It got real messy. And they loved me. And that didn't exclude me from service, but they encouraged me to get involved. And they loved me, and they taught me, and they brought me on. So now that I'm capable of doing things that I didn't do before, because they loved me. So I want to invest back in. Because I need to give of my time, of my energy, of my money, to find the next hurting person who needs to get real, get messy, and get involved. See, that's discipleship. That's what Jesus was calling his disciples to be. They will know that you are my disciples because you have love for one another. And in that love for one another, you don't exclude people, you don't shun people, you don't shut them out. You get real, you deal with the issues that are in their lives, you bring healing and transformation, and you set people free. And then we walk together in what God has called us to do. Church, that first impact in the water That shockwave that comes out is the love of Christ that reaches all the way through. We are not trying to conjure something up. It's Christ in me who's the hope of glory. It's Christ in me who pours his love through me into my brothers and sisters. That's where's the love. That is what we are talking about. Finally, The fifth get is we need to get going. We need to get going. You know, as much as as it's great to kind of come together and, you know, uh, 
we, we, when you're real with people, then there's a different level of friendship. And when somebody new comes into the group that hasn't had the experience, then it's like, oh, I'm not too sure about that. And there's some risk involved there. But whenever that person then feels and experiences the same love that you felt and experienced, and then we grow our numbers, we add to the body. We need to get going. We need to get going, church, because the world is a hurting place in need of hope and salvation. And it's Christ in you. I already said it this morning. It's Christ in you who's the hope of glory. In you. I don't meet the people that you meet on a day-to-day basis. You don't meet the people that I meet on a day-to-day basis. And every day when I'm in my work, every day when I'm engaging with my colleagues in, in, in work, They may not see anybody else who represents Jesus. So I need to get going. I need to allow the love of Christ to fill me and to flow out of me. I need to be careful of my words and careful of my actions. That if they're not love, go all the way back to 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Do everything in love. If I'm not doing everything in love, that I'm not following what God has said. There can be no spite, no malice in my heart. And as I talk to my colleagues, that's something I've got to be careful of. Because when you're dealing with people, people mess up. And it's how you react and how you respond. Right now, are you actively seeking people that you can bring to church? Well, we can't come to church. Yeah, you can. You're in church right now. Are you active? That's why we say on Sunday mornings, get your phone out and invite all your friends. Tell you what, services at the next time next week, why don't you do it on Friday night? Invite, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to hang out. Maybe there's people in your bubble. Maybe there's there's parents or, or a group that you guys are already connecting with. Maybe you could get together on a Sunday morning and worship together. Again, you're going to watch what we're doing on screen, but now you've got a little sense of community. Now you're getting going. Now you're beginning to impact one another. Matthew 5.13 says this, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything, except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. I was watching a a video this week online, a a preacher that uh, um, I've I've heard him preach before at a couple of conferences and and just love his heart, love his his heart for the poor and the needy. is just kind of knits really well with where we are, just on a much larger scale. They, They decided last year, when this was 2013 or so, the video was, that they were going to give a million dollars away. And I'm like, I'd love to do that, but I, whew, I don't even have that much faith. I want to give, we're going to give 30% away. And they said, well, we're going to give 50% away. And we're going to give a million dollar gift. I'm like, well, you're 100% is way above our 100%, obviously. Um, but he was talking, and he was talking about, about this passage. And, and uh, something that I didn't know, and I went and did a little bit of study on, but when we read this, it says, you are the salt of the earth. We typically read that to mean that I am the salt of the earth. Individual, me. When Jesus says this, it's like, you're the salt of the earth. It's like, Dion, you're the salt of the earth. Jason, you're the salt of the earth. 
Actually, that verb or that word you in English can be plural or can be singular. When it was written in the Bible, it was plural. It was you together are the salt of the earth. Jesus is not just telling you as an individual that on your own you have to go into your workplace or engage with your friends and you are the one that has to be the salt of the earth. No, Jesus is saying you collectively, you as the body of Christ, you as the church, even though it hadn't been started at this point, we together, you together are the salt of the earth. And when you go out and you speak to people who you may have a a contact with, You're not just you on your own, but it's you as just the point of the spear for that entire congregation. Church, we are called to go out. We are called to go and to engage with society. I was telling Dion earlier that in that video when I was watching that preacher, and he was talking about this, just telling the story, and he said, you know, you, and and like I just said Dion's name. In the video, this preacher said, you, Jason, need to go out. And you know when you hear your, your name called, you're like, what? And I had to rewind it just so, like, yes, he actually did say my name. He wasn't talking about me. I wasn't in the church. But I was like, wow, okay, God. Of all the, the messages that I could have watched online this week, of all the, the preachers that I could have seen, here's a video from 2013 and 2014. And you just called me out. Said, you need to get going. You need to get going. So church, we don't do this alone. We don't do this as individuals. We do this together. In verse 14 and 15 of Matthew 5, it says, you are the light of the world. Again, plural. You collectively are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. A town built on a hill. It doesn't say a house. It doesn't say a single structure. It says a town or a city. Church, God is calling us collectively, together, to love one another so much so that the world sees that we are Jesus' disciples. And then when we engage with the world, our light shines for all to see. Verse 16 says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Where's the love? It's right here. It's right here in the body of Christ. That love that flows from the Father into us that impacts each other, that we love one another, that we get real and we get messy, we get involved and we get engaged. We invest our time and our money and our energy. And then, church, we get going with the good news. Ephesians talks about having your feet fit with the the shoes of the gospel of peace. Church, it's time to get our slippers off. The last time I preached, I told you to put your coat on. Take your slippers off and put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. Because we need to get going. Because this world is hurting and this world is dying. And people out there need love. And they need hope. And they need Jesus. And they're not going to get it from any other source.
in the Lord's Prayer. My favorite piece is your kingdom come and your will be done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Because it's not about us. It's not about us building a great group of people here. It's not about us building our name in an online space or in a real space. It's about his kingdom. Everything that we do, church, is about building his kingdom. So that we can say, Jesus, your kingdom come. Your will be done, not ours but yours. Bowie City Church, First Christian Church, it's time for people to see the love is here. Time for people to see that we're fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ because we have love for one another. Let's pray. Father, just thank you for this morning. Lord, I just thank you that you are here with us, God. Whether, whether it's here in this church building, God, where we're, we're broadcasting from, Father, or if it's at home where we're watching this, or if it's online, God, whether it's Sunday morning, Lord, or whether it's midweek, God, and we're watching a replay, you are present with us, God. Why? Because you are all-powerful. You are amazing, God, like the, the song that we sung at the beginning of our service. So, Father, I pray, God, that you would give us courage as a church and courage as individuals, Lord, that we would really take this this serious, God, that you have called us to love one another. You have called us, God, to engage with one another, to be the body of Christ. And so, Father, I ask, Lord, that you would come and that you would fill us with love. God, I ask that as people reach out and those who are hurting and those who are struggling, that they reach out and they ask for for help and assistance, God, that we would be real with them and we would, God, engage in the mess and we would bring your love in to set people free. Father, we long to be back together where we can see each other, where we can just talk face to face. But God, until that time, Lord, we know that you are able to use this medium, God, for us to continue to connect, God, even though we're distanced. So, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Right here, God, in this part of the earth, Lord, as it is in heaven, where your rule and your reign is forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's worship.
It's at this time in our service that normally we would take an offering plate like this one and we would pass it along. Center camera? Here we go. This one? Okay. Hey, we're over here. <laughs> we're, just, we're just talking through that. I thought we were going to worship um, and the song, but now we're going to go to offering. And, and uh, here at Bowie City Church and First Christian Church, uh, worship is part of our, the offering is part of our worship. And normally at this time we'd be passing a plate around and people would be, you know, writing out their checks and stuff. But um, I think it's going to even look different whenever we get in person where people might just be pulling out their phones and logging on and either texting a number um, or, or uh, giving their offering just electronically. We have a, a couple of, of numbers that you can text where you can give to support the ministries here of First Christian Church and of Bowie City Church. For First Christian Church, the number that you want to text to get your phone or write this down is 301 301- Nine seven zero three six four six. So if you text that number and just text the word "give" to that number, then you'll get a, a response back. Click on the link; it takes you to a giving page, which is really similar to our our online giving page on our website. Put in your information, and uh, you can set up a, a one-time gift or a recurring gift, however you want to do it, and just send that off, and uh, and we'll receive that. If you're from Bowie City Church and you want to give to the Ministry of Bowie City Church. Here's the number for you, 301-970-4565. Again, just text that number, uh, text give to that number, follow the, the prompts, uh, and you can then donate to the, to the work in the ministry of both of our churches. Um, I want to thank you for giving. Because even through this pandemic, we have still been, been able to do all the things, support the, the missionaries that we have, um, both at home here and overseas. We've been able to uh, give money away to support uh, local work. And actually, I was just thinking about this this morning in the car on the way in. It's, it's about time we went and bought some food for the food pantry, so we're going to have to check the calendar. And uh, it might actually be after Easter, I think, this year. Um, but we might get together and do that. And uh, again, we take 30% of what's given in to Bowie City Church, and we set it aside to give away to bless uh, either local uh, outreaches and ministries ministries here or missionaries who are further afield continue to give continue to love one another continue to allow god to touch who you are to change who you are i've already said a couple of times we are really hoping and we're watching intently uh, every week to see if uh, the the pg county executive changes their, their order on numbers as soon as that order is changed, then we're going to be reaching out and telling you how we're going to be able to get together safely, how we're going to be able to come into this building and be distanced, okay, and to, to wear our masks, okay, these masks, not the other masks. We're not wearing the other masks anymore, but we have to wear these ones as CDC guidelines. But we're really looking at how we can do that. And, uh, and we're praying for Easter. To be honest, we're kind of hoping and praying that God will, will just move so we can come together for Easter and celebrate the resurrection of, of uh, Jesus. Um, but we'll let you know. We'll keep you posted on that. As I said earlier on, we do have a couple of opportunities, and if you want more information on this, you can either check our social media pages uh, on Facebook, First Christian uh, Church of Rock Hall or Bowie City Church, or you can send us an email at hello at bowiecitychurch.com, and we will send you out the, the links and the information. But we have a prayer meeting on Tuesdays at lunchtime, Bible study uh, for uh, women's Bible study on Wednesday nights and then man's Bible study on Saturday mornings. And so maybe this week um, you might think about, hey, I, I, I just need to change a priority and I need to, to get involved. 
And so, please, we'd love to have you guys there. It doesn't matter that, oh, I haven't been there for this. It doesn't matter. Come and hang out. Come and join in. Uh, come and engage. Come and meet some of the, the people who are on those calls. On Friday night for our youth, we also have uh, an online uh, youth ministry um, and an engagement through Zoom. And again, if you are interested in that, you want those, those details, please email us at hello at buoycitychurch.com and we'll get that, that information back to you. Because church, we want to love one another so that the world can know that we're his disciples. I pray that you have a great week this week, that God really moves uh, and shows himself and reveals himself to you. We're going to finish our morning with uh, this one last song uh, from Joe and Julie. And uh, God bless you. We'll see you online here next Sunday. um, And hopefully soon, we'll see you together here uh, in this building. God bless.